Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And welcome to 51 First Dates. We are a podcast about dating, one that's been called a positive dating podcast without being toxically positive or (laughs) positive toxicity whatever it was it was toxic positive (laughs) toxic positivity wow my favorite review i feel like we need to (laughs) the actual wording of it was so we're we're bastardizing this really nice listeners words but like it was so great yes Um, i will i will i will pull it up as soon as i possibly can i feel pull it up and i'll and i'll give everyone our spiel of of us just uh, outside of sucking our own dicks and regurgitating our reviews at you, we are a dating podcast. We started when Kimmy went on a bunch of dates. Um, she eventually met her boyfriend. Ooh, spoiler. We've had other daters come in, and lots of them have found relationships, developed deep uh, inner understanding, JK, but some of that. And um, in pandemic times, we are talking about dating. We're talking about Love, sex, relationships, um, our expectations of ourselves, womanhood, manhood, all of it. And we are talking to a lot of really cool guests, including our guest today. Yes, we're so pumped. (laughs) I'm so pumped. Listen to me jump in. First, shout out to Savannah Engel. She's been on the podcast twice. One time we got quite sauce together. Maybe both times. I'm not sure. But she was so kind to introduce us to Ariana Margulis of But Like Maybe. If you don't follow But Like Maybe, she's an artist. She's an author. She wrote But Like Maybe Don't. Um, trying to say it, the book's title in a way that makes it cute. But uh, I, you know, Liza and I are big fangirls. We know a lot of you are too. And we have a great conversation with Ariana. Later in this podcast, we're going to do a listener question. We're going to do a content consumption corner real, real quick. We're also going to remind you we are still thinking about who, what, where, when our next dater will be engaged. So if you're interested in being a dater, if you have ideas about who you want, you know, to hear from in terms of dating, we've had a lot of straight white people date on this podcast so that you know is something we do not want to to continue a trend of um just let us know and we yeah if you're new here thank you for being here and completely we love you and you can let us know your thoughts feelings opinions at five one first dates pod on instagram um five one first dates pod at gmail.com and you can join our secret facebook group um you can always tag us in something and post it in the secret facebook group um the secret facebook group is so great so it's a really nice community of people who talk about dating and why it's bad and and why it's good and support each other and everyone's really nice and cool i'm really proud of we're both really proud of the secret facebook group and the vibe it maintains yeah we love being proud of things we like you know clicked a few buttons to set up but it's really all of you lovely humans um we are taking credit for how awesome oh yeah scoop that credit i'm gonna give ourselves a little more credit no if you want to rate subscribe and review us we may call it out on the podcast incorrectly but i just wanted to shout out jay loves one two three five eight who wrote uplifting without toxic positivity as the title to her um apple review of our podcast which i was just like can't we we struggle to describe this podcast because we're super professional but that i i, I felt very flattered you know uplifting. that's like exactly the vibe i want to put out in the world but often i feel like i'm not uplifting and i'm filled with toxic negativity so i'm really glad to hear that um but it may just be the world we live in um so we are okay we have a lot of important business to get to in this introduction before we have our interview with ariana uh we're gonna do a little bit of content consumption corner we're gonna do a quick listener question and uh then we're gonna have our interview but the first 
thing, which is going to be important this week, is Consumption Corner. It's important this week because it happened. The Bachelorette premiered. And we're doing the Rose Bowl. That was Liza's idea. No. <laughs> so we, we... I was saying... To, Kimmy and I were texting and I was like, what if we had a podcast, a separate podcast where we got high and talked about The Bachelorette and it's called The Rose Bowl. Um, but we're not getting high and talking no, about it. We're just talking sorry. about it. But we are... <laughs> no. We are doing it on the Patreon, which we have revived. Um, we're going to be posting those um, episodes the day after The Bachelorette whenever possible. Um, sometimes it may be like a little bit delayed, but it'll, it'll usually be up, um, on Wednesdays. And so we're going to, I think we're going to spare everyone our five minute recaps here. Um, just because there are (laughs) listeners who don't listen and it's not the most fun, but But let's be real. Let's be real. It It is a tough time out there and it will seep into our conversations here as well. They're like, it's the only thing we've collectively had to watch if we're as non-sports fans, um, in yeah, a minute it is our so. NBA bubble <laughs> this is what we've been waiting for so uh we'll talk about it like a little bit here today but you can also find us um on patreon the links in the bio and you get our bonus episodes at any level of membership so a couple bucks a month and yep. um you, that is it and uh we do a full recap of the first we already have a full recap of the fir- first episode up there and we will have a recap of tonight's episode if you're listening to this on tuesday the 20th we'll have a recap of tonight's episode up on wednesday at some point yes and let me just be clear by recap we mean our thoughts our feelings our hotter tanks <laughs> like more you know i i would say if you're looking for the proper recaps go to two black girls one rose <laughs> not that you shouldn't go to our patreon definitely. but we're like we're like we're definitely not actually a bachelor podcast or bachelorette podcast but when you need that sometimes I need like I've listened to my favorites I've gone to bachelor party two black girls one rose and I just want a little more combo come to us on patreon um yeah you can just literally we don't have a limit you can contribute a very small amount of money and just be part of our little patreon community so we love you thank you shall we do it should we do how many minutes five minutes two minutes on the bachelorette I don't know I mean, maybe we don't even – this is the only time we're really going to talk about it on the main pod. Maybe we just Those keep two, it brief, but yeah. free free ball it or whatever. Right. So <laughs> if you hate The Bachelorette and you just want to see what else we're watching or just go to Ariana's interview, honestly, <laughs> totally go for it. But we're going to do two minutes. I'm going to start a timer. We are going to hold ourselves to it. Okay, Liza. Two minutes. That's it. Here, Here we, we go. go. And you'll, you'll hear us talk about it on the Patreon, but this – first episode was so fucking boring I wanted to pull out my eyelashes I know why didn't I I I recorded with you before I listened to any other content and I didn't feel like everyone was as bored as we were I just I do I was so excited for this kind of event appointment television to be back it's a dramatic season and I was just like okay cool I uh, okay cool that might have been the problem. Maybe it was because we need it so badly. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was so hyped. I, like, made a night out of it. I, like, had a whole – I was like, yeah, this is a, an event. And then the episode just kind of felt like a womp womp. But I also think it's just, like, I am having a hard time rooting for Claire. I just – I don't – something about her doesn't connect with me. She feel, it feels very, like – obviously, like, I'm very sad that she's um, had such struggles with her parents' health in recent years, but Mm -hmm. that feels like the only human thing about her. Other than that, it's like, I don't know what her job was before she was a professional bachelorette (laughs) contestant. I don't know what she likes. I don't know what she dislikes. They literally talked about her dogs like seven times in the episode, and I was like, is that because that's the only thing you like in this world, Claire? I just have no feelings about her she's so boring but so many of the leads are it's just I can't do it I know it's just I guess this felt like this season was going to be such a departure because you know no not really a spoiler there is very well maybe a spoiler not a spoiler there's going to be another bachelorette I think we've already talked about on this podcast it's rumored to be Tasha. rumored very heavily that Tasha will take over so this was supposed to be so exciting and COVID throws a wrench in things and I just felt like it was such a standard first night I mean a guy had a fart box like a guy you know looked like Patrick Bateman like just really normal entrances one manufactured boy on boy drama pretty early I just I wasn't feeling super excited also with how much they focused on the guy she is rumored to pick I just it felt like this is 
what I'm getting after all this time. Yeah, it's like watching a, a movie, but like you already know the ending. Like when the, watching something where the ending gets spoiled for you, it's kind of like it's a little boring because I'm like, well, I know how this turns out. I don't really care too much about Claire. Like the whole time I was watching it, I was just like, okay, how much Claire do we have to have before we get Tasha? And it's not like I even know that I'll love Tasha. It's just like, come on, we get, we know, we know what happens. We get it. Let's move on. Yeah. It, we are 30 seconds over, so if that gives oh, no. you any kind of, like, we're not drawing a line in the sand that firmly in terms of going forward with speaking about The Bachelorette on this podcast, but that was our little, our little <laughs> recap, our there little There are many sesh. more hot takes about that in the Patreon. We talk about the guys, we talk about our feelings on the guys, we talk about our favorite guys, we talk about how drunk I was during the first episode, and <laughs> lots mm. of other stuff. I mean, how else were you gonna get through it? Okay. So, Liza, Consumption Corner, what else are you consuming of late? I am drowning oh my God. in nothing. <laughs> same. It's all the same stuff I've been talking about for months on here. It's The Vow. It's Survivor. It's Golden uh, Girls. It's <laughs> The Vow. I'm just in a hole. Emily in Paris. That, can, yeah. I, can I take back an earlier comment? Because I even heard from some people, like, oh, I'm going to finally start The Vow. The Vow got bad. They yeah. somehow got renewed for a second season and they gave us a finale with literally no wrap-up all the loose ends like teasing the next thing I just uh, I've heard the podcast it's, is very good so I will check that out I'm not sure what it's called but hmm, I'm done with it's that so show. frustrating the first like three or four episodes I was so into it it was cooking it was really good like I think I binged that that like I started a little bit late and really crushed a bunch of episodes in a row and then it was like, it just feels like the last four episodes have been the same. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I'm in like a content hole where I, I haven't started anything new that I can really get into. It's it's all kind of a, a weird, sad blur. Yeah, I hear you. I've been watching, you know, Real Housewives of Potomac, which had an interesting crossover. I don't know if I shouted this out with The Bachelor. Uh, because they go to Nima Colon, which is the resort in Pennsylvania where Matt James is filming his season right now. It's like oh, a shit. big, like somewhere in Western Pennsylvania, like resort with like skeet shooting. It's it's very weird. It's very odd, hmm. but it, it exists. I think there might be like wild animals there. Like I don't know, but it was a fun like. Oh, how have I heard this word before? Oh, um, but again, that's been all my consumption. I will say. Oh, and British baking. Okay. That's back. I yeah. like it. They keep making them do New York things like bagels and this week, babka. So I Ooh. am not a baker. I have baked a few things. That's exactly where I'm at. I watched British Bake Off this weekend, saw them all fail miserably at making a babka. Most of them had never even seen ever heard of a babka. It was like the second challenge. And some, for some reason, yesterday, Sunday, bored, you know, I was like, I'm going to try to make a babka. Oh and, my god! Oh my go? god! It did not work out at all. <laughs> you know, I had to do the proofing. I had to do all the all the things, and it is like a tiny turd log instead of like a beautiful <laughs> loaf of bread. So, <laughs> tiny turd log is sorry. It is because oh, it was a that's twenty twenty. Uh, but it, um, I just wanted to share that anecdote because it was like it actually tastes fine, but it doesn't ta- taste or look like bread. It's like a. Ugh chewy thing but babkas <laughs> are hard I think. yeah I don't know why I got so inspired I but I did and well because they're so dank they're so good they're so good but this is I'm so allergic good. to a lot of them but I because they have because I'm allergic to nuts and a lot of them have nuts in it did the one you, you, you made have, no, not have nuts no nuts I'm Ooh. oh yes it did big I'm a big fat liar it was um it had Nutella in it that was the, it's like bread I mean, bakery yeah, you can do, but you, you can do, do it, with, it with or without nuts. Yeah. But a lot of the big ones, I have like crushed like walnuts and stuff like rolled into them. And there's one, there's a New York one from Zabar's that I can eat, and it is so. I get one, it's so fucking dangerous because I don't get it that often, and they it's a huge thing, and I just eat a chunk of it every day for like four days. It's so rich. It's like. That's a so that's good. a treat. The Zabar's one is good. My aunt used to send them when I grew up outside of Boston. Like every Christmas, though, she'd send like a Zabar like gift basket to family members, and there was mm-hmm. always a chop chocolate or cinnamon babka in it. And, and oh man, so good! It's so good. I want cake. Oh, but yeah, this season. I mean, the this season of Bake Off, the world's never needed it more. It's like a just like a warm 
bubble bath of a show and I'm I've been loving watching it I only have watched the first episode so far but it's like it just made me feel so good and some of the as always the contestants how do they find so many cute people like it's I'm just obsessed with like five of the contestants already and I don't know what I'm gonna do when they go home I know I know there are lots of cuties um yeah and then there's one I don't like, but I forget his name. He's just too serious. I'm like, you can't be too mm. serious on this show. You've got to be cute yeah. and like having fun. Totally. You know, you I win feel like plate. that's one of their <laughs> totally you don't even I feel win like money. That's one of their tropes. It's like they always have like one person who like takes it really seriously and puts all their self esteem in their bakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're like, no, you're a good person. Yeah. It's okay that your buns. I know Perhaps. I won't spoil it, but this week someone went home who had like done a really good job, was really cute, was not too serious, and I was sad. I was like, damn. Mm. It's so it's yeah. so interesting how one week off and you're fucking out. But anyway, this is not a British Baking Show podcast either. Liza, anything else you're consuming? Nope. Just snacks. <laughs> yeah. Babka. I'm consuming under risen, underproved babka. I'm like thinking of what Paul Hollywood would say to me. Ugh. I, I think I'm gonna get a donut up. after we record. <laughs> like I, you started talking about this, and I was like, "Well, I'm getting a baked good tonight. I don't you know care what? what it is." It's some really tough times out here. We have 15 days today till the election. The day you're listening to this, two weeks. Make sure you have turned your ballot in. I was honestly getting a little lazy about going to the ballot box, and I was like, "I've had this ballot filled out for a week. Get your butt there. Went this weekend. Phone bank if you can. If you live in a swing state." you know, or anywhere, poll work if you can. Um, but whatever, oh yeah, <sighs> we'll always be sharing resources on our Instagram account. But we're just, we really, if every person listening to this could vote, that would be a step forward. Because I'm sure in 2016, we didn't have a podcast, but that wouldn't have been the case. But I think we all know there's a lot at stake. Um, my anxiety is high. Basically, my point was bake if you need to and eat a donut if you need to. And now we have an actual dating related question. So this will be a quick one and then we will get to our interview with Ariana. Hi all. I'm wondering for those who live in colder climates, i.e. Minnesota in the winter, very cold. Uh, what are some ideas for dates, especially first dates when the weather gets cold and snow falls? Obviously, normally this isn't an issue, but I'm not comfortable yet going into restaurants for a hot cocoa or drink. All summer, I've just been having dates at a park, but even this week I did that and my hands were freezing by the end. So I'm wondering if I need to go back to only online dates or if there are some other options. P.S. I'm not big on snowshoeing. I wonder if this came from our secret Facebook group. We always get your um, permission before sharing, reading it on the podcast. But I wonder if there were a lot of comments about snowshoeing now that I read this. I mean, it's funny because my first impulse was like, ooh, like cross-country skiing or snowshoeing. But that is not your thing. I get it. Honestly, it's not my thing either. Your whole body hurts for days. And I'm not about exercising, really. Um, and who wants to be out of breath on a date? Okay. Anyway, uh, I would say... Um, it's tricky, right? But I think there are a couple a couple options. Um, I think you could try to embrace larger indoor spaces with masks. Again, we're not doctors; we're not um, experts. Like, do your own research on what you feel comfortable with, especially in but mid- Minnesota right now. I feel like the mid- I know course. Wisconsin is having a really tough time. Right totally, now, but- yeah. And all of this is dependent, obviously, on like how the numbers are in your area. Like, if you you know, if the numbers get really low at some point, you may be like, oh, I could go to a climbing gym and wear a mask and, you know, whatever. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. Like sometimes the bigger indoor spaces, if it's like a, if you've met a few times, um, if you, if it's, a, if it's more further down the line date, I know that AMC movie theater theaters are renting out a full theater for $99. You can go see a movie and sit for a little bit further apart or keep your mask on the whole time. Um, oh, yeah. I but I also, yep. yeah. But I also think it's it's worth researching um, if there are anything in your area with outdoor dining and heaters. Lots of restaurants in our area are starting to pop up with heat lamps. And some of them are even um, like handing out blankets and like doing cute little things like that. Um, yeah. Like yeah. that's like worth researching. I don't know, Kimmy, do you have any smart ideas? No, I'm thinking because it is first dates and it is Minnesota as I look at this. I'm like, God, fuck. Because I, when you said mask and a date, I was like, I don't want to be in a mask my whole date. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do it. Uh, I don't know. Minnesota is so cold. I think ice skating, but that's, again, cold, outdoor, you know, any of the snow activities, it sounds like. Eh. But other than doing that on a first date, I'm trying to think if you could. Wow. 
it's really tricky. I would say I would maybe go back to more online dates or FaceTime dates, but like have a game that you play or something if that's not your jam. Yeah. Like play an online Monopoly game or I just played Monopoly Deal for the first time. It's a card game of Monopoly. It's really, really fun. Uh, I don't know if you can play that online, but if you could, it's like a faster Monopoly. Um, I, again, I know these dates suck. These date ideas really suck. Oh, this is. But I like that finding you know, ways to make online dates just more fun and less like we are two people sitting and talking over Zoom or FaceTime for an hour, um, trying to find an activity you can do remotely. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have a backyard or a front porch or any kind of outdoor space in your living area, but you could also uh, invest in a heater and some blankets and be like, hey, you can come over here and we can sit outside. <laughs> like, that's another thing. That's like a comfort commitment. Zone. Yeah, but if you – but, like, look, it might be something you could use anyway in in your future life um, or ask for that for, for a holiday present. Um, again, that may be, like, a little bit extra, but – uh, or or having um, a fire. I was out hanging outside with some friends this weekend, and we had a bonfire, and it was cold. It was not that cold here, but it was, you know, it yeah. was dipping down into the low 40s, and I know that's, like, not really cold. Like, I I live in Chicago. Like, I understand that this is, this is – I don't even I don't even know of cold, but there on, on days that are a little bit warmer before it gets freezing, trying to be like, hey, do you want to have a bonfire somewhere? Um yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we don't have to only, you know, talk about Minnesota, but I feel for you and thank you for writing in. And I feel like Minnesota is going to be a tricky one. Uh, it's hard. But when it's not We're all going to be feeling this. Yeah, definitely. And, and to different extents in the winter of like, how do we get out and be humans? Yeah. Uh, I say from this burning of state that I live in. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, no, <laughs> it's. I think also just if you're in a place where it's getting cold, even though we used to, you know, walking dates could feel kind of strange I feel like COVID has made them totally normal and walking will keep you warmer outside longer rather than just going and sitting on a bench uh if there's any kind of thing you can walk through meaning like a park but also I don't know ice sculptures or it's nice to have something to comment on uh when you're meeting Mm -hmm. a stranger I would say yeah but I would I would again the cold adds this layer of I don't want to be doing this if the person sucks. So we talk about this with Ariana, but maybe getting that FaceTime screen or Zoom screen, like getting, hey, can we just like like doing a little bit more vetting so that if you are subjecting yourself to the freezing weather, you're doing it for someone you had a good, you know, first impression connection with. Totally. Yeah, I think that's extremely wise advice. And yeah, and I love Kimmy's advice of making – making your remote dates more of a thing, making them more special plan. Like we, this is stuff we talked about early when we were really in lockdown. We were not seeing other people. It's like, can we order the same food? So we're like, feel like we're eating at a restaurant. Like let's Mm -hmm. order from the same restaurant. Can we like decide what the cocktail is beforehand and make, you know, like just these little things of like, is there a way to make it feel a little bit more special, a little bit more unique than just like the same kind of video calls we're all on for work and blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that's a, a move. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough winter for everybody in cold climates because we can't do anything. I'm already kind of um, uh, similarly, not about dates, but in general, super worried about it. And these are these are things I'm thinking about, too, in a non-dating context. I, I feel for you. It's definitely – it's not fun staring down the winter barrel. No, but I would say, like, I, the one thing that's so great about this is, like, I'm obsessed with your – interest in keeping your dating momentum going again if you're a lot's going on in the world so if other people are like I'm just not in a dating mode right now that is also very cool but it I don't know like yeah you're it sounds like you're enjoying dating and meeting people right now so keep that going you know stranger things have happened we've heard of like love in the time of quarantine COVID love happening even Olivia I mean that was pre- quarantine but they they got back together our last dater um in the midst of COVID and god this sucks I'm I'm just sorry I'm just like oh if I think of something I'll say it next week if I think of something better I'll do some you know more thinking and googling but I would say any little cute outdoor activity um that you can do oh one good plus 
of like a, a walk or a ice skating might take too long. But if it's really cold, you can get through the date sooner. And if you really like each other, maybe you guys go get COVID tests and like have a longer indoor date the mm-hmm. next week or something. Um, totally. But I was just thinking like if you're on a walk and it's cold out, like you don't have to like be polite and hang out longer than you want to. You don't ever have to do that anyway. But yeah, it's a good out. We also talk about outs with Ariana. Yeah. Um, that's a great out. <laughs> Ooh, um, and hand warmers, those skiing hand warmers. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm really no, creative for here. sure. And bring okay. them to for your date to to use. That'll that would be such a cute oh, little yeah, that's cute gesture. Um. Anyway, we are thinking of you, and uh, let us know if you figure out anything anything brilliant. Um, and <laughs> we because no, you know like, we I'm won't. Sure. So please, please write in with your brilliant uh, takes. For sure, we want to hear all the brilliant takes. And um, we love you guys so much. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate everything you guys do to support us. Um, We're going to take a really quick ad break, and then we're going to be back with our interview with Ariana. Okay, we are so excited to talk to Ariana today. Thank you so much for being here. Um, We, I'm just, I'm so obsessed with But Like Maybe and your book and you. So if this gets fangirly, I apologize in advance. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I love that that intro. Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's gonna get it's gonna get gushy in this whole interview. We've both been following your work for a really long time. We're again psyched you're here. We're gonna talk all about it. We're gonna talk about everything you do, dating, COVID life, all of it. But first, we always like to, as an icebreaker, ask all of our guests: Do you have a worst first date story? Oh, I love a good worst first date story. Um, okay. So let me think back. This was actually, this was a long time ago. Um, but the guy, we, we, this is like back, we met on Tinder, I believe it was. And we decided to go on a date and we had like, you know, I have a friend who actually says like the minute, like get the date done with as, as soon as you guys start talking, because, you know, get it out of the way. Like, don't go like weeks for talking before you go on a date. And now I like totally understand why me and this guy had the most amazing banter. Like I can't even tell you, like connected on a level, like more than anything in the world. And he was so hot, like had all these pictures of him. Like he looked so like almost like a James Bond. Like he was like at one picture was like him on a jet ski. And one was like him at this gala. And like he was in this tuxes and like looked like he lived this crazy life. And we decided to meet at this bar Uh, I lived in the East Village at the time and we decided to meet at this bar, Black Market. And I remember like showing up to the bar and being like really confused because like I didn't see him. (laughs) And I was like, oh man, that's so weird. Like I don't see this, you know, this hunk I was looking for. And so I sat down like by myself and then this complete stranger sits down next to me and is like, hey, it's whatever his name was like, Nick or something and I I mean I'm not trying to be mean but the guy was I mean I got totally catfished like couldn't even you couldn't even say like he was a complete like a sort of like oh maybe it was just a bad photo or something like completely different person like and I didn't know what to say because you know it's like how do you handle that like what do you say like oh you're not the person like I'm also like a wuss and I was scared so like I didn't want to like insult him but I briefly, I, I was just like, oh my gosh, you know what? I'm so sorry. I, I realized that like, I have to go, like it's my friend's birthday and I totally forgot, like I completely like, made something up, but I felt terrible, but I, I, I felt duped. Like I was completely catfish and I like had only heard about that happening to people and it really happened to me. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. I feel like, I don't know. It's been a minute since we've heard a good catfish story. And as you were telling that, I was just thinking, it's so fucking rude to entirely dupe someone and then put the onus on them, like on you, of reacting. Because it's such an awkward thing to react to and stay polite. And I'm also a wuss. I wouldn't have said a single thing. I don't know. Yeah. It's and so, it's, it's tough. It's sociopathy. Like, what makes yeah. you think it's okay? And I don't understand. I'm like, where did you find these pictures of this, like, guy that you're pretending to be? And also, like, how many girls have you done this to? And, like, yes, we, like, part of me is like, yeah, oh, gosh, it's a shame because we actually, like, did get along so well. But I think, like, because you're so, 
the essentially like the relationship started with a lie. You're like, I'm done. Like I can't. And, and you do feel like a jerk because it is a part of me was like, Oh, well, is it so wrong that I was so unattractive physically and felt so, you know, lied to that I couldn't even like have one drink with him. But then I was like, no, fuck that. Like he lied to me. Bye. Yeah. Starting off with yeah. a lie is not a good sign for anything. Like if I've learned anything in yeah. my years. I also am like, how did that play out in his head? Like he shows up, he's a different person. You never mention it. You guys fall in love and like dance away yeah. on a rainbow together. Like what did he, th- what, what do people who catfish think is going to happen? Yes. And I should have been, he did keep putting off the date. So now I'm like, okay, like, you know, maybe like there were signs that I didn't ignore or that I ignored, but like, it's, it's, it was weird. Cause I thought catfishing was just, I didn't even think that was a real thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, and again, we definitely hear stories, but like, I forget how real of a thing it is as well. It's never happened to me to that extreme. And I'm sorry. That sucks. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> So do more stalking. That's what I say before your date. <laughs> I'm very pro stalking. You know, in the well, pro stalking. Great, great <laughs> quote to have on the internet. But you know, pro um, internet stalking prior to dates. Yeah, I used to be against it because I was like, oh no, I don't want to like get a preconceived opinion about them. Like, you know, or like see too many pictures and think like, oh, he's not cute at this angle or something <laughs> stupid like that. You know, or like. But now I'm kind of like, eh, maybe more info is better. <laughs> yeah, 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 I I hear you. I uh, I think, like, before our first date, when you just want to know who you're going out with, I'm very pro. Like, you know, three or four dates in, when I'm finding myself getting attached, or I used to find myself getting so attached and stalking, that was when I should have really pulled it back on the uh, internet stalking. yeah. Yeah, that's a good line to draw, like pu- pulling the cord on the stocking after you like know you like them in person, not going down the Venmo holes and the yeah. all of it. Yeah. The background like ex-girlfriend and all that Completely, stuff. Completely, yeah. yeah. I, what was their ex-girlfriend doing in 2017? All the deep, deep holes we get into. Yeah, sometimes um, ignorant. Yes. <laughs> yeah, completely. Um. So speaking of sort of. Tell us about your relationship to relationships. You, you've described yourself as like a serial dater. But yeah, tell us a little bit about your relationship to relationships. So I would say I used to be a serial dater. And I used to just fall so hard and so fast. And now I'm definitely more of someone who, you know, like kind of takes a look at myself in the state I am. I, I think that's what what it was about my serial dating, um, I wasn't happy with myself at the time. And I thought, oh, if I just find a guy, it'll fix everything. Like, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was like putting my happiness on. Like, oh, you know, I don't care about my job or what I'm doing. Like, if I just like find someone who loves me, like, then I'll be good. Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't have anything to kind of make me proud or happy about myself. And that was the irony with what, like maybe with drawing these cartoons and like kind of giving me something to, you know, and it was ironically about me being obsessed with men, (laughs) you know, but, but it gave me this, this sense of pride and this something to do and this reason to wake up every day and be excited and want to do more and motivate me that I kind of got obsessed with that rather than, you know, having a man in my life. And, and that's not to say like, I didn't still want someone, but it was just, it, it, it didn't give me my sanity. Like it gave my sanity, like something else to focus on. You know, I wasn't so, I mean, I was crazy and I'll admit it, you know? Um, And now I think like, I look at it as, you know, going for someone who would be a partner and someone who would make me better and someone I want, you know, and then I kind of slowed down. I was like, oh, also what was ironic about, but like maybe starting kind of more later in my, I mean, not later, but it like started later in my twenties. You know, it was, oh wait, maybe I'm not ready to settle down yet. I just got this crazy project. I just started, you know, making a little bit of money. I just started finding myself, you know, close to 30 and I'm maybe I'm not ready to settle down yet. Like I thought I was my whole life. I grew up in Michigan. Many of my friends already have 
two children, you know, I, you know, I'm from a small town and that's what I thought it was supposed to be or where I was supposed to be. And now I'm like, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, totally. Well, it's so funny, like women, I think, especially women around our age and, and also all generations of women before us, I think Gen Z is changing the mold on this. But we're mm-hmm. so we're so ingrained with the thought that like being in a relationship is life affirming and everything is kind of like leading to your eventual marriage and like all of this bullshit nonsense that like hopefully is ending. But I think for so many people of our generation, it, there's like an unlearning process of that. Like we're, we're spanning these two divides of uh, like how it always has been for women. And I think the unlearning process that you're describing is like so massive. It's, it's so hard to do, but it's so powerful. It takes a long time and a lot of work. Totally. Uh, yeah. And, and I think also like that every relationship has to, Oh, like, I'm going to meet him and he's going to be my husband. It's like, oh, we're, we've been dating for so long. I can't believe it's like such a, I can't believe we broke up. Like I wasted so much time. I'm like, no, you didn't. You actually like learned so much about yourself or what you want, what you don't want. Um, you know, not everything has to end in marriage. Yeah. No, I think that's so hugely valuable and definitely something that took me until I was basically almost 30 to figure out. Um, I, I think that, you know, you're – your alter ego, but like maybe like I relate to so much, but I also in reading your book just related just like from the first page being like, oh, three month relationships and things. I was just like, this is me ish, but it's just your work is super vulnerable and resonates so hard. It's so relatable for me. And I know so many other people. What inspired you to first start, but like maybe and like actually drawing out these, you know, very relatable um, relationship driven moments? It's, it's actually funny. So my first, but like maybe really started out of a breakup, um, which a lot of good things yeah, do. Uh, love that. I like to say, Eli, turn your broken heart into art. <laughs> I know. I'm so pro that. I'm glad you said that. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I was dating this guy at the time I was working for Ralph Lauren and I was dating this guy who also worked for Ralph. And I was like, oh, we're going to be this like perfect little couple family and we went on vacation uh it was like a long weekend like I visited his family in I forget it was one of those like preppy towns like Rhode Island or something like that and uh we had like this amazing weekend whatever and he asked me to go on a walk the following day like when we're back in the city and so we met on like Fifth Avenue and walked to the park and through Central Park and we get like only like, I, I mean, I don't even know, 50 feet in. And he like sits me down at a park bench and he's like, hey, like, you're amazing, but. And like, that's always my favorite line guys say, because I'm like, okay, nothing good comes after you're amazing, but, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> like, I don't even care if I'm amazing at this point. Just tell me what comes after the but. And, and if I'm so amazing, why is this happening? Yeah. Um. He was like, you're, but this just isn't working for me. You're, you know, I'm really behind at work and I'm, you know, I'm not the person I was and you're really interrupting my meditation schedule. And- Jesus. <laughs> I, like, I, like right. spoiler alert, I knew this story, but it's fucking insane just to hear you say it. Yeah. It's so so gnarly, but it's so, it's so epic because I really, I literally like, I remember at that moment I was like, there were like, it was like half holding back these like tears and then half holding back laughter because I was like, really bro? Like your medit, I'm, I'm ruining your meditation schedule. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. So, and I, I was so confused and offended that I, I took, I remember he had his hand like on my thigh. I took his hand and I like threw it off my, like flung it off my thigh and I stood up and I told him, I was like, I will never speak to you again. And I walked over to Fifth Avenue, like in a movie, and I'd always wanted to do this. And I yelled, taxi! <laughs> <laughs> like, straight up. And I got in it, went downtown. And I truly never did speak to him again 
for like maybe two years and then I ran into him at Paul's Baby Grand Drunk and yelled at him. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the timing you do. Like two years later is a good time to run in and just like say Yeah. Yes. But actually it was weird because like there were many, I mean, I've said that to many men before, like oh, I'll never talk to you again. This guy, I, truly, we did not speak. Um, but he, so I, anyways, I found that that's so funny, that one-liner, that I started drawing these jokes about me getting dumped. And not just that one, but, you know, previous dumpings and, like, and then also, like, then it, it kind of became this weird outlet. Like, okay, I'm going to start drawing, like, about my boss or my hangover or my period and all this stuff. And it was kind of this, like, therapeutic, amazing thing. So I started putting them on the internet. And one of my friends worked at Cosmo at the time and was like, this shit's pretty funny. Like, let me help you out. Like, I'm going to, would you draw some stuff for, for us? And I was like, are you kidding? Um, and she put a story up on Cosmo and I got like 20,000 followers in a day. Wow. Which oh was, God. yeah. I like threw my phone. I remember I was terrified because I was, like, <laughs> um, I was going like, to press a button and they would all go away. You know, like I was like, real. Um, and I was just like, it was so exciting, so scary, so cool. And then I was like, okay, maybe I'm on something. So then I just like, I hustled. Like I DM'd every celebrity I thought was cool, every publication, everyone, and like offered to draw for them, sent them, sent them drawings of themselves, you know, and some people posted, some didn't. Um, I think some of the people that helped me out in the beginning, I'm literally still like Instagram friends with today. Mm -hmm. And they're like people I've never met, but we like talk all the time on DM. That's really cool. I'm obsessed with that aspect of the internet. I love, I love like as a podcast, having podcast friends and internet friends. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. What a, what an unbelievable story too of, yeah, just being like, okay, this is a, a, a way to take this bullshit that every fucking woman I've ever met has experienced some version of and make it funny and make it empowering. Uh, do you just like get people reaching out to you all the time being like, yeah, same. It is. It's that's the one thing I found about this is it's like it's also helped. It's helped me because so many women, men, also have reached out to me and been like, "This happened to me." They'll tell me stories. They'll ask me advice. They'll, you know, they'll they'll laugh. They'll tell me they cry. Like you know, and it's weird because you know I'm having these connections. I don't, you know, I try to go through my DMs as much as possible. Like, but and you know, I'm really connecting with strangers over things and it makes you just feel not alone. Like we're all in this, especially right now. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's, is there anything from those DMs from, you know, your book, from your cartoons that, I mean, they all, so many of them resonate with me, <laughs> um, but particularly those that are maybe like, I don't know, something I'm embarrassed about. Like I like anything with relationships that have gone on too long or where I've been treated like shit, I feel like if but like maybe has a cartoon of like still texting that ex, I feel better about the times I did that. Is there any particular kind of relationship or dating theme that you feel like you get the most DMs about? It's probably many, but like what is everyone else also shameful about or vulnerable about? I think X stuff is definitely the most vulnerable. And I think it's something we're all like, we all really can relate to like, you know, that one person who I, like uh, in my book, I talk about how, you know, I had that one guy. I feel like everyone has that one guy who's really messed with them. And you've gone back to them over and over and over again. And you tell yourself like, you're not going to, and then you, then you end up at their apartment at 2am, you know, and that, or like, you say you're never going to hook up with them and then you do, or like you say you're not going to respond to them if they ever text you again, you act all hard and then you do. And it's like, I think that's definitely like the most, you know, I get DMs like explaining like full on stories, like from girls being like, we dated in October and then he left me for so-and-so in, in November. And then he came back and I'm like, girl, I hear you. I've been there. And I think at the end of the day, I was actually just talking to one of my friends about this she was like, yeah, I can't decide what to do. Like my friends would be so annoyed if I, you know, got back together with him or whatever. And I'm just like, you have to give yourself kind of a break. I think like, no, it's not healthy to like keep going back to someone. But at the end of the day, like you have to do 
what makes you happy and there's no way to stop yourself like you can tell your, you can delete their number you can whatever but like we're human and we are going to sometimes go back to our ex we are going to sometimes hook up with the guy we shouldn't and i think sometimes you have to just give yourself a break and say like okay well that's what i needed in that moment and you know what like the minute I, and then then you you meet someone else and then you, then you totally forget about them and like you laugh at like what you were doing but you know, like sometimes you just have to give yourself a little bit of a break. I think, you know, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that like, it's, you know, been years since I was like kind of my one person who really fucked me up. But I'm still, I'm like, I wish I had heard you say that right now to me then when I would mess up and text him and like be in an off and on thing and then give myself such a hard time the next day. And it's like, sometimes you've just got to have that shitty thing go on until you reach a point where you're like, no, or you grow up or whatever it is. I don't even know how I finally kind of, I think I just hit like later 20s and I somehow grew up, but it's. I think sometimes too, like I was telling someone this other day and I know this also doesn't sound like, you kind of, you sometimes need the really shitty thing to happen to make you get over someone. Yep. You need to see them. You need to hear about them on a date with someone else. You need to hear about like, then you need to, then you're fucking done. Like you kind of need like some sort of crazy event to make you just finally be like, okay, I'm done, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I told this, uh, you know, to a friend the other day, I was like, I'm so sorry that happened to you, but are you done now? You know, like mm-hmm. maybe now like you're, you're over him. Maybe now this is the finally the thing like that makes you stop texting him. That makes you stop waiting for him. Yeah. It's- yeah, that's such wise, like, <laughs> advice and insight. Because as, as we were talking about this, I was, like, I'm running through, like, you know, a handful of my closest friends. And every single person I know has that guy. Everyone. It's so <laughs> universal. And we yeah. all tend to be so hard on ourselves about it. And I think it's true. It's, like, at a certain point, something will happen where you'll be done. But that in-between times, like, especially when your friends are negative about it and it's just like it's such a fucking hard and shitty cycle to be caught up in I think it's such like gorge advice to just be like it's okay like we all do it and you know we're human we all do it and that's also hard too yeah I've had friends be like stop what are you doing I'm not gonna talk to you if you talk to him and I'm like well that's not you know I don't think that that's what you should be telling your friends I think you need to be supportive for them but also warn them like Yes, you're, you're going to, this situation, like what you're doing, you're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Just warning you, like you will get hurt. But I do think like in the situations when this has happened to me, when I've gotten hurt is the only way, or like meeting someone else, obviously. Yeah. It's the only way it's been, I've been able to move on because that weird state of like ambiguity could go on forever yeah. until, until something happens. Yeah. Totally. Oh, it's and the like <laughs> lessons learned from that guy, the that guy of all of this. I feel like hopefully I'm past that that, but I think about it a lot just being like, "Oh, I learned a shitload from that." And that's a cop out and blah 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 whatever, but it's like you're going to learn some shit about yourself and h- other humans and how you respond to stuff. Oh, for sure. I was such a loser. Like when I think back to me with that guy, I mean, yes, he did a lot of stuff that was shitty and let me on. But then I was also thinking about, and you, like I, I talk about this in my book. I'm like, I also was lame. Like I kept going, back and forth, you know what I mean? Like I did some lame stuff. I was super obsessive. So like we, yeah, learning experience. Yeah, no, I, again, I was laughing not that I think you're lame, but I, you know, felt, have felt lame so many times looking back at myself like, wow, really? That's, you had to text that? Like, okay, let's not text about, yeah, what the new girlfriend looks like. Really, Kimmy. Uh. Yeah, yeah. But like, I have to. I feel this way sometimes. Like, I'll have songs that come on that remind me of like the, that breakup or whatever. And now, like several years later, I'll listen to the song and be like, "Holy shit, I was so dramatic." Like this yeah. stupid song used to make me cry because it made me think about this person who wasn't that nice to me. And like, it's so funny the weird ways it just spurts up. Where you're like, "Oh God, that was that was a lot." But we all do it, you know? Music is a big one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Very triggering. Um, So what I love about your book as well is it's – but, like, maybe don't. So you're looking back at these experiences and then kind of sharing how your your perspective now on them and kind of what not to do, which is really great. Is there anything – like, if 
is there a top piece of, I cannot, Liza, if you have an answer for this too, but for both of you, like what would you tell your younger self if there was one thing you could be like, don't do that? Um, what would be the top thing? I think I would have to say, don't, uh, don't assume every, I, I mean, I said this before, like don't assume everyone is you're going to be your husband. Yeah, I yeah. think like, that's just something I was so obsessed with and I don't know why because now I'm so the like so the opposite which is funny um but like don't you know everyone I met I was like already like and I think a lot of us do this I was like planning our lives into my head and I'm like trying to fit him fit this person into this box I'm like you know um I think that's so important. You know, dating is like, is experiences and you can have fun, like uh, you can have fun with someone and have like a, an amazing time. You know, I went, I, I've been on dates, you know, in quarantine recently where I'm like, he's not for me, but man, that was a fun night. You know, mm -hmm. like we had a great time and I'm like, yeah, like I loved that experience or whatever, you know, that was, that was a fun, I'll, something I'll, I won't forget, you know? Yep. That's such a healthy perspective. That was like why we tried to like this podcast started when I was in a dark place and I wasn't going on dates and my therapist was like, go on dates. And we made podcasts about it because it was the only way to hold myself <laughs> accountable. Um, it's not yeah. art. It's very and much smaller than what you've done with your career. But art. Art. Um, <laughs> I just I think like it took me that it took me going on dates and starting to see them the way you just spoke of like as just okay that was an experience like not tying every date to my worth or is this going to be my person those were kind of always in the way for me but it's hard to get there yeah yeah and have fun like yeah. especially right now I think like safe but fun like you need to we need to have fun right now and remember like what that's like because I think a lot of us are getting you know I, I mean I am working from home and a lot of us are and like I at least like as an artist I work from home normally but like at least I had meetings or something I did events that like my one sanity right now is like going outside and having dinner outside yep. you know what I mean I'm like that's the one thing I look forward to right now <laughs> so we can meet someone interesting and we can share a safe like fun dinner together outside or like have some safe interesting crazy night together you know I'm like why not you like especially right now yeah totally speaking of do you have thoughts on on quarantine dating in general like do you feel like you've seen any big pros any big cons as opposed to normal like 2019 dating I think I'm a big proponent of of BM apps and, and quarantine dating in general because I think you know like I said it is the one I think that it's something that gets you out of the house. It's something that gets you human interaction, uh, something that gets you, you know, maybe feeling feelings again or happiness, excitement, you know, that little tingly flirty thing, you know, and I think a lot of us need that right now um, because there's a lot of depressing things happening right now. A lot of stressful, you know, political atmosphere, a lot of stressful, you know, world things. And I think if we can have like something that gets us a little bit like that tingly feeling when he texts or whatever, even if it's, even if you're not meeting him in person right away, you know, if you get a text from him or FaceTime, it's like, it's a little bit of like that happy happiness that, you know, maybe is something different than outside of your normal life um, or your normal quarantine life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, go for a walk, go for a dinner outside, go for like, you know, there's so many things that you can do and safely. And it, it is important and you, you have to just put yourself, you have to push yourself, I think, uh, right now. Yeah, no, um, I, it, and it makes a lot of sense. Are you a proponent of like doing a FaceTime before any of that? Or are you like, forget that part of Zoom dating or whatever at this point? You know what's weird? I didn't used to be. Mm -hmm. I used to be very like, just go for it. Now, now, especially since all these dating apps are introducing like the video functions, which is super cool. I feel so much safer. And also after like the catfish episode, like it's like, oh, if you can even have, I don't think you need to do it within, you know, 10 minutes of texting. 
But if you can, before going on a drink date, if you can have like five minutes of FaceTime, just so you both, like you can even say it. I've said it before. Like, hey, I think you're awesome, but I'm terrified of meeting up in real life just because I'm a scaredy cat. Like, just yeah. be honest. Yeah. Like, would you mind just hopping on FaceTime for five minutes? You know what I mean? Like, just to like see if like we're the same person. Like, make a joke out of it. Just to see that we're the person we say we are, you know? And I've found like people are really generally, like people are responsive to it and like honest and like, they're scared too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I they want to FaceTime too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then everyone's had ex- like similar experiences where like they show up and the vibe is weird or it's like, even if it's not like full catfishing, like you experienced, like the person's 10 years older than their pictures or like whatever, you know, it's, I feel like a lot of people have had some like less uh, intense version of that catfish experience where, yeah, it's good to have a nice little check. It is. It's kind of like, it's like vibe check. And then we're like, okay, okay. yeah, we're on the same page. Let's go for it. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. I like how it, that's now normal. Like pre pandemic, I would have been like, why does he want to FaceTime me before a date? But that's. I feel like that's a shift. Yeah. yeah. It was like, it is, it is a little terrifying because yeah. you're about to like on the phone with a stranger. But then the best is like, you know, if you don't, if you don't vibe, then it's, you saved yourself the awkwardness of meeting up in real life and, and having to, you know, having to do it. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, yes. And as someone who was never able to get out of dates if like I just would sit there I would eat, be like sure I'll get a second drink even if I didn't want it um that seems oh, saving time I can't how you do that I'm I'm I can't do it I can't if I don't like if we're not I'm like I will like carry oh something bad happened like <laughs> no you are you handle it the right way I don't know it's like people pleasing it was always like probably my relationship to like dating at that point when I I don't know I think I got better at cutting it off the more dates I went on honestly for this podcast but you know whatever we do to hold ourselves accountable so embarrassing but um how do you yeah so you do you do the faux phone call Ariana I think everyone's just always looking for tips on how to get out of a date like if you have any other go-to's I mean, what I like to do is if I'm not sure about the person, I say like, oh, you know, like, I'm so excited. Let's go to drink. I have a dinner at 830. Yep. Let's meet at 7 or 730 um, because I really want to meet you. But like I but I have this dinner. So like and then you have this imaginary dinner. And then if you like the person, you can say like, oh, you know what? It's a it's a group dinner. Screw it. I'm, just, I'm having so much fun. I just want to hang out with you. Or you can get drunk and tell them the truth. You didn't want to sure. But now you really like them. And that kind of, it's, I find it like it's sort of endearing and it's cute. So. Yes. No, that is endearing. Like I, yeah, I love it. If someone got drunk and told me I actually didn't have a dinner, but I liked you, I'd be like, oh my God, he's the one. Just kidding. I yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone gets it. Everyone gets the need for an out sometimes on it. Yeah. I feel like that's a fun, a fun way to like bring it all back together. Um, mm-hmm. okay. So as a kind of, uh, wrap up, do you, do you have any, anything pre, again, pre COVID throwing it back to 2019 dating? Do you have a biggest pet peeve about dating? Like if there was one thing you could change about the way we're dating as like millennial New Yorkers, what would that be? Ooh, I would say, as I think it's a double-edged sword, maybe with with technology, with with uh, texting and, and DMing and Instagram and everything. As much as I love it, I think it sometimes has made us lazy. Uh, I think there's less. I remember a guy called me maybe like you know a while ago, and I was like, oh my god, he's calling me. And then I was like, oh wait, this is like that's effort. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's even like now COVID is kind of like forcing guys to be creative, Mm -hmm. you know, come up with weird date plans, like going to Central Park or running a boat. I don't know. Like, I'm not that guys has rented a boat for me, but I'm just, (laughs) (laughs) but someone should all of our male listeners. (laughs) I wish, but I've said, I've even said to someone recently, I was like, you got lazy. You got so lazy. Like you need to like, remember, like you know, like what it's like to like want to woo someone, you know, like, I'm like, why, like, 
you know, I think texting and all this stuff, it's like, sup, you good? Like, whatever, girl. Like, you know what I mean? And like, what are you doing tonight? Like, at meeting up at like 11 p.m. I'm like, I just miss kind of the old, I'm a romantic, like I miss the old courtship stuff. I'm like, where's the guy, you know, with the boom box outside my window trying to win me back? Like, you know, I'm like, what is that? Does that stuff happen anymore? And I think it does, but it's only like as like maybe a last resort. I don't know. Like, I just like, I'm like, I miss, I'm, I miss the old schoolness of, of romanticism. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, I wish it would become cool to be old school and hyper romantic and the big gesture. Right. Yeah. 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 I I think like hearing about a big gesture now is like such a, such a novelty, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Mm -hmm. oh, he did this or like whatever, or like even the same thing of like, you know, he, he texted me to apologize. Like, why is he calling you? You know what I mean? Or why is he, you know, I think there's like something with technology while I there's so many pros about it like I think it has made us a little bit lazy and I'm guilty of it too as a girl like I'm not saying it's all the fault on men you know I've definitely not texted back or weaseled my way out with a text the cancel or whatever you know I've I've definitely been guilty of it in the same way so I think it's like this accountability you know we have to put on both like both sides to like just try harder, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so totally. interesting though. You're so right. There is some huge difference. Like what if we just took texting out of dating, like, and you had to call each other. I, that feels so different to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Te- and there are things I love a cute, a cute text banter. Like I definitely love it. And I don't want to edit that. I don't want that to go away. I just saying like, you know, if that's all it is, like there has to be something more, you know, yes. anyone can yeah, it does. It becomes so easy to get lazy and it's it becomes really easy to not because everything's so convenient. Like even I'm just thinking about making reservations or any everything is so easy. Like it does feel like these small thoughtful gestures just like put yeah, putting a lot of effort into planning a date or like thinking a lot about what a gift to give some, you know, making something special for the person you're dating feels like pretty rare in a way that is not fun. <laughs> like yeah, and someone said to me, like, oh, my gosh, that's so crazy. Like, that's so much – that's so intense that you that. I'm like, is it? Like, should, is this stuff – should we find this so crazy now or should we find it – oh, wait, you just haven't been treated the way you should be treated. That's, like, what I think it is. Like, we're so used to the, the laziness that we've almost forgot what it's like to be treated well. And I find that with myself. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, I'm just used to, like – kind of being treated like crap which is like sad yeah you know I even said to someone the other day I was like why don't we like you know I'm like maybe you should write him like it's COVID like that would be funny write him a letter you know like do something cute like that I don't know it's so real I'm just having a flashback to a friend of mine once like a guy I was newly dating being like oh my god he has why is he like he doesn't have friends he he asked you out on a Saturday why doesn't he have friends to hang out about Saturdays and I was like Wait, it's kind of nice that he wants to hang out on a Saturday. We're like so weird. Like, because yeah, like I had this thing with my friends. Like, oh yeah, dating is for, you know, Monday through Thursday. And then, you know, if you, if you really like him, then like, it's like, yeah, that's cool that he asked you out on a Saturday night. Like, why wouldn't you want to go out with the person you like on a Saturday night? Yeah. Yeah. I just remember being like, wait, maybe not. Maybe he's weird. Like it's been only two dates or whatever. And being like, wait a second. No. Yeah. yeah, it's wild. There's such an emphasis on being casual and cool and like a little bit aloof that it's hard to be like, yeah, it's hard to make those gestures or make that effort without being like, oh, is it too much? Every- I feel like everyone's always trying to straddle this like too much. Is it too much vibe? And it's like, you know what's fucking cool? Showing someone you care. That's fucking cool. hundred <laughs> percent. And like, what a great fucking note to end on. Show people you care. Yeah. That's cool. Ariana, thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. And shout out to Savannah who connected us. We'll have to shout her out at the top of this episode because I totally flipped. Yeah. Um, Savannah's a fan favorite. So just, you know, <laughs> connecting the dots for anyone listening who didn't connect. <laughs> um, but, okay. So I 
feel like 99% of our listeners probably already follow you. But if they don't, where can they find you? Where can they get your book, um, your art? I bought one of your prints for my old roommate for her 30th. And she was very delighted. So great gifts. I'm so happy. Well, thank you so much for the kind words and all the all the um, all the support. I uh, you can find me on Instagram at but like maybe, uh, and then you can find my book on at wherever books are sold. Uh, but easiest is probably Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, and then all my art is in a link in my bio, and so you can buy a little piece of me to take home with you. Yeah, it's such a good gift. Amazing. Highly recommend. We're going to link all of that in the show notes below and make it super easy to find everything. Ariana, thank you so much. It's been so great talking to you. And we hope to um, just keep fangirling out for years to come about everything you make. Uh, Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for having me on. This was so much fun. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.